Welcome to the Social Siren Podcast and get ready to talk about business, marketing, and how to juggle it all alongside the roller coaster of life. You'll learn from us what works, what doesn't, and how to bridge the gap between success, frustrations, family life, and business ownership. If you've got a business or just thinking about one, we've got some interesting things to talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Social Siren Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Reedy, business owner, social strategist, marketer, and mom, and I'm here to share the ups, the downs, and the hard lessons of business ownership with you. Now, speaking of hard lessons, how many of us as business owners have allowed societal and family expectations to steer the direction of our business away from our dreams, away from our passions, and toward what's expected of us? How many more have let the tasks of their businesses completely overwhelm them to the point where you're just not enjoying your day-to-day anymore? My guest today is Thomas Edwards, and When you listen to his story, so many aspects of this will resonate with you. Thomas Edwards Jr. has learned so many of these lessons. He's learned not to let expectations steer the direction of his business and to regularly allow play and joy a place in his life. He is the author of The One-Up Effect. He's a playfulness coach and innovative visionary of maximizing fulfillment in life. You are going to love his unique game-like methodology for high-level transformation. Edwards works with professionals, leaders, and business owners who seek to increase their performance, joy, passion, and achievement. Thomas Edwards Jr. has been featured in hundreds of media outlets, including Men's Health, The Wall Street Journal, GQ, Entrepreneur, The New York Times, and so many more. When he's not collecting watches, swimming laps in the pool, going on date nights with his wife, or being a proud girl dad to his four-year-old daughter, you can find him playing some of his favorite video games in his home in California. Welcome, Thomas. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to hear about your unique perspective. So why don't you, before we start... Tell me a little bit about who you are and how you got to this point in your business and life. Yes, uh, thanks for having me first. It's a, just awesome to be here and to share time with you. My name is Thomas Edwards Jr. I am a playfulness coach, former professional wingman. More importantly, you know, I love finding ways to take things that most people would find to be very seriously, (laughs) be very serious and make it light, make it fun and be able to help people use that playfulness to tap into their greatest potential. Uh, And the way I do it is by literally making their life a game and not just a game that is designed for them to win, but really a game that is designed for them to have fun playing, you know? And so it's really just taking this idea that success and productivity is the gateway to happiness and flipping it on its head and really helping people learn how to experience joy and happiness in the present moment and use that as the portal to their greatest successes in any area of their life. Yes. I love this perspective for business owners, especially because we work so hard and it can be so easy to forget to not always take ourselves seriously. We've talked a lot on the podcast about burnout and what you have here 
is so important for business owners in general, and also those who are headed down the path of burnout. So thank you so much for being here to share your perspective. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my clients that I work with, they come to me because they either are burned out or they are on the verge of burnout. And a lot of it has to do with the way that they're approaching their lives. You know, we all have a lot of responsibilities. I myself am a, am a business owner. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I have other roles that I play in my life. And when you really look at all the things that we do as business owners, it can easily be overwhelming and at the very least stressful. So how do we find ways to convert this stress or maybe even reevaluate our experience of stress in a way that can actually help us not hurt us, mm -hmm. you know? And so I have worked with clients and I have a, a very specific methodology that allows people to experience less stress and to virtually eliminate burnout because they don't feel like they are giving too much and they don't feel as depleted as much. And mm -hmm. They're enjoying the process of growth. They're enjoying the process of hitting the milestones that they're, they're going after. And so you don't have to sacrifice your happiness or your, your personal ambitions in favor of your professional ambitions. You can still carry that ambitiousness that we all have as business owners. It's why we, it's why we do it. You know, we're very ambitious, but you don't need to sacrifice your personal happiness in order for that to happen. The two can coexist. It's so true. And you have the most interesting story and struggle in business. So I'm really excited to dive into your business hard lessons. Without further ado, let's dive into that. Let's do it. So let's just start with your struggle and in the beginning of your business when you were learning these lessons, and then we'll cover other business owners and how they can learn from what you've learned in your business and tips for that. You know, back in 2009, I started my, my first business. It was called Professional Wingman. And just like it sounds, I would actually be people's wingman in social environments and teach them how to have the confidence to build and create romantic connections in real time. And I would give them feedback on what they were doing that was preventing them or what they could do to help them. And so it was a fun business. I was very young. I started when I was 23 years old. When I was doing it, it was fun for me. It was almost like a side gig. I did have a full-time job working as a hotel manager, but I knew I wanted this to be a full-time thing. And within a few months, things just went from, you know, me servicing clients, a few clients in Boston, and then one hit in the Wall Street Journal. And then I was working with clients internationally, like virtually overnight. That was great. It was also overwhelming, but I had taken on this idea that I needed to be successful. I needed to really just create this success for myself because of what I thought I needed to do to be happy. And this is where the first lesson came to play. I, now, this is a reflection. I didn't understand this in the moment. It took many years to get here. But first lesson was kind of understanding what does success really mean to you? And what I realized was the dream that I was chasing was not my own. I was chasing a dream that was programmed inside of me by my parents innocent desire for their son to be really successful, to get an education, to get a job, to have money, to have security, usually in the form of a house of some kind, and, and then I can just enjoy life. And so my program in adulthood was based on just driving that. I thought that was going to be the gateway to not just my success, but to praise, to adoration, to love, to acceptance. It was big. 
And I put all of my energy into doing that. I sacrificed so much. I sacrificed my, my relationships. I sacrificed my health. I was slowly getting into you know, drugs and alcohol as a way to escape the other responsibilities and the overwhelm of life. But I got to that success. You know, I was able to hit that milestone. And when I got there, and I'll give a little bit of a picture of what this looked like. This is 2015. Um, I recently got married to the woman of my life. And I'm being flown out across the country to work with clients in their city. So I'm getting to travel a lot. I'm on TV. I'm in media everywhere. It was just amazing, you know? And, and it got to the point where certain cities I couldn't really go to without being noticed by someone because they read about me somewhere. They saw me on TV. And so I was getting to that level of, of fame where I was like, wow, like I'm making it. And so it reached the climax where I was invited to be on the Steve Harvey show. And at that time he was blowing up and he had recently just got his own talk show and I was on it. So they flew me out to Chicago, crushed the segment, you know, even impressed Steve himself, gave me kind of the, the pat on the shoulder. And he was like, good job, son, kind of thing. You know, I was just like really surprised. And I remember celebrating on a rooftop bar in Chicago and I'm surrounded by people I know, people I don't know, and they're just loving me. And I'm like, wow, like I made it, you know, like I have all the things, I'm making tons of money, I have a, a wife, like I'm just a total rock star. And I'm now like, my parents are proud of me, even though they didn't really know what I did for a living, they couldn't really explain it, but they were just proud of me, you know? And I remember looking down on the reflection of the glass table and feeling this sense of emptiness and this lack of fulfillment. I didn't know what it was. I didn't really know how to really describe it except for that. It freaked me out because not what I expected having reached the, the top. And then I realized, wow, like I'm at a party, like I, sh I shouldn't be showing this. I shouldn't be showing this like vulnerability and like this sense of loss, lostness. <laughs> and so I just like drank myself into oblivion. And then I woke up the next day with a hangover and still with these emotions of like, what am I going to do now? Like, how do I process this? Who do I talk to about this? Where do I go from here? I didn't have those answers. And I also learned at a young age that it was up to me to figure out what to do, you know, asking for help, who does that? Like that's, that's for losers. That's really the program I adopted. Carried this with me for very long. And then I got deeper into drugs and alcohol, got really depressed and, and just kind of lost my way. This is where the next lesson comes into play here is doing this alone is not going to serve you or anyone for that matter. It got to the point where, you know, my wife had to come in and she said, listen, I love you. And this is not like the marriage that I want to be in. Like, you know, something inside this relationship needs to change or I have to make a change. And ultimately for me, it was like, I need to change something about myself or I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my business. I'm going to lose my wife. I'm going to lose my family. Cause at that point, you know, we had a, a daughter and that was when I realized that everything that I knew, the experience, the knowledge, the wisdom, the charisma, those things were not going to be enough for me to get out of the hole that I created for myself the tools that got me into this hole, not going to be the tool that's going to get me out, you know? And so I needed outside counsel. So this was my first experience of getting a second chance at life, of being able to raise my hand and say like, I need some support. And it was then I realized that I'm only as powerful as the people who are supporting me, who are around me in my circle, can't live the life that I have by myself. It's so vital for me to have people who have my back, who carry different levels of experience and wisdom that I don't have myself to be there in case I 
go through something and, and can reach out and connect with people. I don't have to carry all this burden and responsibility by myself, which is so common for business owners with all the responsibilities, you know, and we're just talking about the business side. We're not even talking about when you shut your laptop off or if you close the door of your business and you go home, that's a whole nother story, right? But you, we carry all of this. Got a lot of help. Things were incrementally getting better. Not so much. I'd probably go maybe every 70, 80 days and then I'd have an episode where I'd be triggered and I would either emotionally black out or I would physically black out due to, you know, deep intoxication. And I got to a point where, you know, one day I just went crazy and my higher power came in and was like, enough, like you've had enough of this, like it's time to really just wake up. I woke up and I realized I was in a world where escapism was no longer an option, that I had to experience life. I had experienced the feelings that came with life and I had to learn how to manage these feelings and manage life on life's terms. And I started to really come across and embrace the idea of spirituality and spiritual well-being, not feeling like it needs to be all on me and that I needed to be in control of what happens, which once again, as business owners, we ride so much on our ability and our capacity to control the outcome of what we're trying to create in our businesses. And yes, like that is a, a, a key quality in, in us that allows us to be successful business owners, but and at the same time, there are some things that are just not in, within our control. And what do we do? How do we respond in those moments? And for me, my typical response used to be trying to control even more, <laughs> not realizing how little control I had. And so once I had some spiritual grounding, it allowed me to have more faith in the universe being able to protect me and, and put me down a path. And so it made things a lot more peaceful. I wouldn't say easier but it made things a lot more peaceful and easeful to get through certain challenges. And then as my life then started to get better and stay better, there was one key component that was still missing in my life, which was I wasn't having fun doing any of the things that I was doing. <laughs> so, so while I had ended up creating all these responsibilities for myself that I do take responsibility for, right? Being a husband, being a business owner, being a father, being a friend, mentor, guide, uh, son, uncle, brother, you name it. I realized that I wasn't allowing myself to enjoy these things. I just saw these things as obligations that I created for myself that I had to fulfill. And I just knew that wasn't a way to enjoy life. And so I, I made a commitment to myself to find out what fun looked like in my life. And then that was when I had reconnected with my first passion, which, which uh, is, was video games. Uh, as a kid, I loved video games. I wanted to be a video game producer. And so that's what I went to school for. And I realized my mid-20s to my early 30s, I removed video games out of my life because I took on other people's programs, once again, that convinced me that video games were not good for me. You're too busy to play video games. Video games aren't cool. That's not what a wingman does. You know, you're an entrepreneur. You should not be focusing on having fun. You should be focusing on work. And all these programs that like I didn't believe but I was just kind of force fed and I then took them on so when I finally allowed video games to come in my life it reconnected me not just with my inner child but it reconnected me with the fun and the passion and the curiosity that I had held dormant in my life for almost a decade and I made another commitment to make sure that this stayed in my life and so I decided to completely go off course and pursue a career as an esports athlete, <laughs> um, a professional you know, gamer. And I ended up just choosing one game, 
one tournament and I trained. I ended up competing in that tournament. And I remember walking to that arena, the esports arena, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm surrounded by my people. This is amazing. And I was, I didn't know anyone, but I felt like I knew everyone at the same time. And I was connecting with people and sharing ideas and seeing what people were doing and all this curiosity and connection and wonder. It ended up leading me to actually doing pretty well in the tournament. I came came in 33rd out of almost 120 people. It was for a first timer. That was, people were surprised, you know? Like I almost came out of nowhere to some people. And I remember walking out of the arena, proud of myself for having placed that well, but more fulfilled. Like I felt like I had the kind of fun that I didn't have since I was a kid. And I remember walking away and I was like, man, I wish my life was like this, that I could just like make it a game and train and compete and not care so much about the outcome and really just appreciate and have gratitude for the experience that I had throughout the whole thing. And that's when it dawned on me. Well, if I just made life a game, if I made life a game, that means it would naturally put me in a child ego state, a state of playfulness. And when I activate playfulness, that's when my performance hits another level. My cognitive performance increases. I'm activating certain parts of my mind that other forms of, of mindfulness wouldn't you know, take place. I am willing to be more connected to other people, both who I know and don't know. I'm not so worried about the outcome. In fact, if I don't make the outcome, I'm more willing to try again because I'm having fun. I'm making it like a game. And all these things just reminded me of Super Mario Brothers, the first one, when the timer's going down and you're on your last life and it feels like, oh my God, like I'm going to die. Like it becomes this stressful experience. You know, you're trying to avoid the Goombas and the pits and, and all these things. And I felt like that was such a, a metaphor for how so many people live their lives. They're just trying to survive so they can get to the end of the, the level just so they can do it all over again. And that's how I lived. And something magical happens when you get a green mushroom and that green mushroom represents an extra life also known as a one-up. And your psyche completely changes. Like a, a huge psychological shift takes place where all of a sudden now you're willing to take your time. You're willing to explore. You're willing to take risks because you know if Mario were to fall into that pit or if he were to die by the hands of a Goomba, you have not only an extra life, but you now have feedback for how to handle that situation when faced with that challenge again. And because it's a game, you're naturally having fun. So your desire to want to play again is naturally there. And I thought like, what an amazing effect that could be if we were to apply that to all areas of our lives. And that's when the one-up effect was created. That big idea of learning how to have fun, doing things that you normally do, opens up the gateway for you to actually experience higher levels of performance. And when you're in a playful state, no one burns out when they're having fun. People do get tired, but they don't burn out. They get tired and they decide they want to rest because they want to rest because they want to have energy to do it again. But they're not burned out. They don't feel cynical about the experience. They don't feel negative about what took place. They don't feel a lack of confidence in their impact and how they feel about the experience themselves. They feel the opposite. They feel connected. They feel a higher level of purpose and fulfillment. They feel positive. They feel hopeful. So this is what playfulness can unlock when you allow yourself to do it. And I think as business owners, this is a huge opportunity where we get to actually unlock a higher state, if you speak, that can allow us to open up not just greater success in our businesses, but greater fulfillment in other areas of our lives as well. I love that. 
what advice would you have for a business owner who's on that same track, who's been following goals because the social expectations were set for them and they're yeah. not sure they love what they're doing. And they've just been on this hamster wheel in their businesses, just like you were, what would you advise to them as they begin to recognize that this is a problem for them? The first thing I would say is take a, a true inventory of your life and see where there is fun. Are you actually allowing yourself to have fun or have you created a life for yourself where there's no space for that? And what I mean by fun, I mean like you are allowing yourself to go somewhere or do something purely for your enjoyment, not in consideration of anyone else. This is what I call the uh, selfish with a capital S because you are taking time for yourself purely for your enjoyment, but you're doing it for a higher purpose. Like I think sometimes we give fun and play a bad rap as adults because we, we've always connected with what kids do and we feel like it's a trivial activity, meaning there's no value in it. And that's far from the truth. When we were kids, play was the vital component of our development. We came to learn who we were as people and how we learned and academically through play. And so that doesn't change because we're adults and we have responsibilities. Like at some point we're probably just told to take life seriously, but that doesn't mean that the fun doesn't get to go away. So assess where fun is or is not in your life. And then if you don't have the space or you haven't given yourself the space, take 1% of your day, place it in your calendar and give that as a holder for you to do the one thing that you know will bring you joy. And that could be anything. It could be a spontaneous dance party on Spotify. It could be doing yoga. It could be going out on a nature walk. It could be people watching at a coffee shop. It could be playing video games or a mobile game. It could be reading a book. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. But by placing that, and by the way, 1% of your day is 15 minutes. But by placing that calendar, that block in your calendar, you are guaranteeing yourself you time you time to connect with yourself and, and experiencing fun. And what this does is it allows your body, your mind and your spirit to remember why you're doing what you're doing, which is to enjoy life. You're creating something that's gonna have an impact on many people. And I admire that. And I, and I think very few people have that in them, that desire to not just wanna do it, but to create it. So I don't want to think that that's diminished in any way, it's not. But you also remember who's the person that's being impacted the most by you creating this? It's you. You get to be impacted in a positive way by you creating this. And so you got to remind yourself why you're doing this. And it's to yeah. enjoy everything that comes from building and creating, but also being in the presence of, of the impact of it. Fun allows you to do that. You know, for me, I consider playfulness an elite form of mindfulness. Because what playfulness does is it allows you to, be, to experience joy in the present moment. And we need that daily dose every day. So that way we can feel like, okay, like I know I have a lot on my plate, but I also still get to enjoy life too. So that's the first thing I would always say, more, more importantly than anything else. And I can hear my business owners already saying, well, I don't have time to set aside one more thing, but it makes you more productive. You won't need as much time to be productive at work if you're taking a moment to just hit reset once in a while. A great analogy that I can give, and you don't have to be a gamer to understand this, but we all have virtual, like we all have health bars 
above our heads. Imagine we were walking through life and everyone had a health bar and we wake up and in some capacity, our health bar may not even be full. If we wake up today, maybe our health bar is at 75%, maybe for some of us it's 50%. But you know what doesn't change? Our daily demands, our daily obligations. We choose not to change those. So whether you have 50%, 60%, 90%, or even 25%, you're still going to be required of, of 100% of you to show up throughout your entire day. And if you think of it as points, if you go through the day and our health bar just depletes and we don't take time, we don't take time to do things that can replenish this health bar. This is what those 50 minutes could do for us, but we don't. And it depletes and it depletes. And by the time we get home, we have such little willpower that we don't even want to be around our kids. We don't want to be around our partners. We just want to check out on Netflix or alcohol or food and just go to bed because we just need to rest, right? We just don't have the capacity to be present. We don't have the capacity to make decisions. I mean, it's no different than my four-year-old daughter when she's low on willpower. She can't even put on her pants. She can't, yes. you know, and, and it's not because she's not capable of, she just doesn't have it in her to be able to do that. She's so depleted. So that's what we are as adults. We could still probably put on our pants, but we can't do many other things. But we still, even though we think that getting enough rest may to, you know, replenish our health bar, it only does to a certain extent, but then we're still being depleted every single day. So if we're not doing things for ourselves but we're still allowing things to be done to us, no wonder burnout happens. Because at some point, your health bar is going to be down to 1%, and that's not enough to function in life. And then your body's going to go into safe mode in some capacity, whether it's physically, mentally, or even like spiritually. You might just feel like, man, like the odds are just stacked against me. I don't think I can overcome this. And then you're going to want to give up. You're going to start questioning things. Self-doubt comes in. Self-pity Like it just becomes this snowball. Burnout happens before we even know it's happening. That's the thing. And so this is what happens. This is our experience of reaching burnout is our health bar depletes. And so these 15 minutes becomes that opportunity to replenish at least a little bit, just enough so we can do that little extra. So we can get home and be present for a little bit for our kids, be a little bit present for other responsibilities outside of our, our laptops and our offices. So it's really vital to incorporate that into our daily practice. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much for teaching us about the joy that we can be chasing as business owners, not just the constant hustle. If someone wants to learn more about you or for your program, where can they find you? So you can find all the things at thomasedwardsjr.com. If you particularly want to connect with me and have a conversation of how playfulness can be a great practice, not just into your business, but into your overall well-being, you can go to thomasedwardsjr.com slash podcast, and we can connect that way too. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thanks, Jess. Appreciate you. Thanks for joining us on the Social Siren Podcast. For more information on guests, transcripts, and everything about Social Siren, go to socialsirenmarketing.com slash podcast. Remember to subscribe because this podcast may just change your life.